Hello guys, welcome back to What The Puck, Season 2, Episode 2. As always, I'm Rob Zadek. Atomic Man. Today, we are going to discuss the expansion draft and who Seattle Kraken have taken. And we are also going to discuss the NHL draft with all the youngsters. Uh, I know it's been you know over a week since we talked to you guys, but we have a lot to talk about today. So, I'm excited to dive into it. Alright guys, um... We'll hop right into, I guess, the shorter portion of it, which is going to be the NHL draft. Not the expansion draft, the NHL draft. Pretty weak class, to say, I guess, the least. Definitely not one of the stronger classes we've had. Um, Not a lot of hype around it. None of these players um, have been talked about as serious generational talents. Um, As previous classes, you know, players like McDavid, McKinnon, etc. You know, players that, you know, draft night comes, they're saying, oh, this player could be the next, you know, top talent in the league. A D-man gets taken. Buffalo Sabres take Owen Powers. Um, second straight defenseman they've taken with the number one overall pick. Obviously, they took uh, Darlene, um a few years back. So, I mean, Buffalo's they're, they got nothing. <laughs> they don't have really a bright future ahead of them. So, I guess Owen Powers, good luck. Um, really hoping the best. I mean, you and Darlene on the back end definitely is going to be a problem years to come, you know. But obviously, they're they're nowhere near their window. Um, some fun, f- uh, not fun facts, but some uh, interesting things that happened. Uh, Devil selected Luke Hughes, his brother. So, Jack Hughes and Luke Hughes are going to be able to play together which is very cool. I don't know if you, you saw during the um, the draft party how excited Jack Hughes was. He was jumping up all oh, over absolutely. his brother. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That doesn't really happen too many times. Uh, it's the first time ever in NHL history that three brothers were all selected in the first round of the first draft. Ten, what was the first 10 picks? Uh, first first round in general. Yeah. But first 10 picks, yeah, obviously. Uh, they joined the Stahl brothers and I believe the Sutters as uh, the only... Only only players to have, I guess, brothers. Only brothers, that's what I should say. The only brothers to be draft to be to play in the NHL together at the same time is what it's gonna be. Sutters, um, the Stalls and now the Hughes. So we'll see how they pan out. Um the Rangers selected sixteenth. They took left winger Brennan Othman. Well, fi- well, fifteenth because uh eleventh picked Arizona forfeited their pick. So technically it was a sixteenth oh, pick, but sure. Um, really looking back at it, they took the 15th player in, in Brennan Ottman. But, yeah, it was technically the 15th pick, but technically the 16th pick. However you want to look at it, yeah. The uh, 11th pick was forfeited. Don't really know much about him. I'll be blatantly honest. I don't know much about a lot of these players that were selected. Because, again, there wasn't a lot of hype. Like, as we have coming up in the next few years, like a player like Connor Bedard, like a player that you've been hearing about since he was – 13 years old you're like oh this guy could be it now he's 15 years old and he has the same amount of hype like a player like him when he comes in people people are saying oh he can be a generational talent like that but in this draft class there really wasn't that hype around it and as you got past picks you know 15 16 it's like it, it just wasn't a deep draft like the 2015 draft where there's players you know Barzell going 15 and Marner going late. Like, there's a whole Miko Rantanen. There's a bunch of players in that draft. This draft doesn't seem like it's going to be like that, 
but obviously we do not know since these players have had zero chance to prove themselves. Um, the Islanders selected one pick in the first two rounds, number 52. They selected, I'm going to see if I can say this right, um, Atu Rati. Um, <laughs> yeah, he got drafted, and actually that night he scored four goals, and I believe he plays in Sweden right now. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure where he plays right now, but I saw it on Twitter. He scored four goals uh, the night he got drafted, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, don't really know much about him. Apparently he was he was a top 10 offensive talent in this draft, but dropped to dropped due to having a very bad season last year. So, I mean, who knows? Again, he's a second round pick. It's the NHL. You you, you can't you don't know. Plain and simple. But again, depth dra- again we know in this league you're going to win by drafting well, as you've seen teams like Pittsburgh, teams like Tampa, teams like way back like Detroit, you're going to create your dynasties by drafting well and getting these players in the second, third round. So hopefully, hopefully it works out. Um, and I guess the Rangers, who'd they select in the second round? Do they have a second round pick? I don't even know if they had a second round pick. The Rangers did not have a second round pick, but they had a third round pick. They had the first pick in the third round. Yes. And they picked Jaden Grubb, a center. Who again? I are, believe it's pronounced a Grubbe. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. My bad, right? It could be. It could be. You know, group. I have no idea. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I just want to talk about the Rangers real quick. Um, just from watching the Rangers over the f- past couple of years, um, I I know that the Rangers try to draft from Europe. I know they tried to draft from you know the Swedish Elite League. They try to draft from the KHL, and that is because the Rangers feel comfortable drafting players who play with other adults. Meaning they're playing against people like Ilya Kovalchuk. They're playing against, you know, 35-year-old men that have been in the NHL, has some NHL experience, and they're able to size up their prospects. Um, Other teams in the league, you know, they select, you know, they try to grab players from the OHL, the uh, WHL, players that are playing against other young prospects. And honestly, that's not how the Rangers normally roll. They They normally grab people from Europe, which... I believe is a, is a fantastic approach to evaluating their prospects. I really do. But it, it is interesting to see that the Rangers did draft Brendan Othman at 16th. He's from the OHL. And we're going to see how basically he sizes up. Um, like, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think he's NHL ready. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think any of these people are saying. NHL ready. And, and, you know, that comes to the point that a lot of these players are from are from the minor leagues in, in you know around the world. <laughs> no, mostly in the United States. I'm talking AHL, I'm talking WHL, OHL, USHL, you know. A lot of them didn't have didn't have seasons last year because of COVID. So it was hard to size them up. I'm looking mm-hmm. all over Instagram and I'm looking at all these accounts that have like their mock drafts coming up and you know some of them had Owen Powers first, some of them had you know Mac and uh, Mac Tavish first. Some of them had Luke Hughes going first. Like everyone was all over the place because so because the draft is so inconsistent. We didn't know who was good, who was bad. That's why this draft was so undervalued because there were no guarantees. We had <laughs> we, we we basically had no proof. We had no no backup. No, we had, you know we want to take this first. You want to take this player first? Why? Uh, because of this, this, and this. But we didn't. We couldn't evaluate them based on last season. And this is why this draft was so incon- inconsistent with you know everyone. You know, choosing players, but honestly, um, 
I think I think they did a pretty good job each individual team. I mean, you know, the first ten, you know, they were the first ten, but they were just sort of out of order based on everyone else's picks. I think you know the Rangers, Brendan Othman. If you guys were watching MSG Go at the same time as a draft, you you heard John Giannone talk about it. He was saying that this was the, this was the only player that the Rangers really didn't talk about because they didn't expect to pick him. But you know, obviously the Rangers have a plan here, guys. You could see it. They're drafting a left winger first. If you guys, you know, if you listened to the uh, two podcasts ago when I said the Rangers don't need more offense, they knew that they were going to draft this guy and they were going to start trading away offense. Like the Rangers have a plan, so I wouldn't, I would not underestimate them. If you're, if you're unhappy with the pick, don't be. Just trust the process. That's all. That's all I'm asking here. And I, you know, like I said before, it's it's hard to evaluate each individual player at this moment. But I'm going to say, based on the Rangers roster, Othman will play game one next season because we honestly need the depth. No shot. (laughs) No shot. I think he will. If he has to, he'll play with the Wolfpack, but I don't see it. I see him playing the first 10 games of the season because the Rangers, to be honest with you, if you guys seen the schedule coming out, the Rangers play the Washington Capitals opening night. But after that, we're all over the West Coast. We're playing Dallas. We're playing the Kraken. We're playing like Vancouver. We are all over the West Coast. So we have no divisional matchups really in the first 10 games of the season. So this is a great time for the Rangers to, you know, match up their players and see the capabilities that they could bring. So I kind of see him playing the first first games based based on the Rangers schedule. Um, I also want to talk about, I, I don't know exactly what round, but the Rangers did, gra- did draft a goaltender. No. He was. You will not see him next season. Not a chance. We're gonna stick with. We're gonna stick with Sterkin. We're gonna stick uh, stick with Georgiev and Kincaid. Will sit up in the fucking suites or whatever. And in case he has to suit up, he'll suit up. But like the goaltender, you will not see him. But it's great to have him. It's always great to have extra goaltenders because that's you know the most valuable player on the team. So I'm kind of. I was kind of confused at first, but I kind of understand where the Rangers are coming from with picking a goaltender. But in terms of. The Islanders, uh, the one pick that they had. Um, Atu the 52nd. Yes. Atu Rati. Really weird name. Can't picture four letters on an Islander jersey. That would be weird. Um, but, wit. yeah. Not, Interesting. We don't Interesting. know Exactly. About we don't know anything about it. So I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I'm not going to say anything. But I honestly think in the first 64 picks, which is the first two rounds of the draft, I think the NHL is pretty accurate. I think some picks are out of order, in my personal opinion. But I think everyone did a pretty good job. Pretty good job. Yeah. I like some pick. One pick stands out to me, honestly. And that's the Detroit Red Wings. They, uh, Stevie Eiserman, again, I think he's dominating a lot of general managers right now. Um, they jump up and take Sebastian Casa, Cosa, the first goalie taken in the draft. And what I've read up on this guy is that he has the capability of being um, Vasilevsky 2.0, six foot six, athletic goaltender, and again, Detroit. I I truly think they're gonna be back where they were, shorter than we think. I truly think they are just the draft picks that they're getting, the trades that they're making. I think Steve Stevie Eiserman knows what he's doing, and I, that that sticks out to me. You always gotta look at the first goalie taken, and. Uh, a six foot six goalie, athletic. You know, it just maybe he's seen what Vasilevsky's doing and thinks that that's the solution to you know having a top goaltender in the NHL. So 
Yeah. Um, again. Oh, also, four of the first five picks in this draft play for the University of Michigan, which is crazy. So, like we said, if a lot of these players aren't NHL ready, they're going to be playing for the University of Michigan. And, oh, my God, is this team going to... Frozen four ready, guys. Oh, they're, they're, they're going to be ranked number one. Are you kidding? They're going to be, like, a powerhouse. Like, how is that even fair? I don't think that's ever been, like, a... That's probably the first time ever. Like, four of the first five picks in the draft came from one team. Like, I could... So, if these guys aren't NHL ready next year, like, oh, my... The, 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 the amount of hype around this Michigan team, they could probably fucking take down the Sabres next year. For all we know. Um, so, I, I, yeah, we could, we could wrap up um, the NHL draft again. I, I just want to talk about two two quick things. Go, 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 uh, go, th- go. This one's first. It's the 12th overall pick, Cole Sillinger. I know his father, Mike, was the captain of the Islanders back in the old days. Like, like I said, if you're listening to this podcast and you're our age, you have to be watching hockey at a really, really young age to know Mike Sillinger. I believe he was the captain after Alexei Yashin. I mean, they were still rocking the four stripes on their shoulders. But how do you feel about Cole Sillinger? Think he fall? Think he follows in his father's footsteps? Bro, again. I mean, like, there, it's there a was great a, question. I wish there was, I was a, a lot of there was a lot of relationships in this draft. Like, you know, I, um, what's the Hughes, the Hughes brothers aside, there, there was a there was a Sillinger, Shane Doan's, the, the, Shane Doan's son, his son, went thirty seventh to the Coyotes. Like, Shane Doan Coyotes connection, you know. There was like Gensel's cousin and stuff like that. There was a lot of connections in this draft, and I see that twelfth overall was um, was indeed Cole Tillinger, and I know that Mike was a uh, excellent Islander. I remember him playing, and I remember him being a, a fantastic player for the Islanders. So I'm just, I'm wondering like, how you feel about him. I'm not gonna get because I told you I, I wish I really wish I was a uh, NHL draft. Um, expert and I, I wish i really followed um all these uh prospects but i didn't so i can't really tell you about this guy because again we didn't see any of them last season due to covid at least most of them we didn't see if they you know they're, they're most of them were just training they got to play recently but uh again we were told by the colton doc kirby doc's brother oh yeah baby to chicago that's crazy so that it's crazy just, like you said a lot of connections the hughes the docs shane doan's son gets drafted to the coyotes a lot of these, a lot of these cool connections that uh, so it was a it was a cool draft is what I'll say. But again, not as the hype wasn't there. We didn't have a guarantee like we knew last year. Lafreniere was going n- number one. It wasn't a question, but uh, not much to it. One more thing. Yeah, one yeah, more. Keep thing. going. I don't give a shit. Montreal Canadiens first round thirty first pick overall. They take a Mister Logan Mallow. Yeah. I believe that's how it's pronounced. If you guys haven't been keeping up with the NHL, Logan, I believe I'm going to pronounce his name as Mallow. It's it is how, yeah. it is spelled M-A-L-L-O-U-X. He played in the Swedish Elite League. He was basically caught in this controversy where, well, it was kind of oh, yeah, kind of yeah. convicted of... Sending nudes out. Sending... Uh, he did. Right. It was a consensual sexual encounter with a girl, but it was unconsensual pictures taking there in the sexual encounter, and he was sending it out to his teammates, and basically he was charged, and he was fined, and all this yada, yada, yada bullshit, but... All in all, right before the draft, I believe it was three days, it was right around when Seattle was taking players, he withdrew from the draft. He said, don't draft me. He said, please don't draft me. He sent out, a, uh, I believe, in my opinion, a fantastic statement. 
He said, you know, I, you know, being drafted in the NHL was it's a privilege, and I'm not. I, I feel that my maturity level is not there, and everything. I believe it was a really nice statement. If you guys read up on the article, please look it up. He said, don't draft me, and the Montreal Canadiens drafted him. <laughs> drafted him. <laughs> That's crazy. Which, guys, I, I have I have two things to say. It's so weird. I have two things to say. One. Good for the Montreal Canadiens because he is a great player. If you, if, you know, if you want all the bullshit surrounding your team, listen. If you're, if you're there to win a Stanley Cup, you want to draft the best players possible. Always listen. If you, he's not ready to play in the NHL and he's not mature enough, hold him. Let him play in the WHL. Let him play in the AHL. Who gives a shit where he plays? But like, hold on to him. Boy, let him be yours. You know, sign him to a few. You know, a couple small deals. Let, you know, bring him over from Sweden and let him play here. Let him, let him size up against the other players. You know, in the minor leagues. But also, you're going to have the criticism. You're going to have the Montreal fans. You know, they're, they're passionate fans in Montreal. They're probably the most passionate fans in the NHL. they got the best franchise in the NHL. So, yes and no. I mean, you could take either side of this argument. Yes, it was a good pick. No, it was a bad pick. He didn't want to get drafted. So we shouldn't have picked him. But yes, he's a great player. He's a great, great, from what I hear, is a great defenseman. He's a, he's a lockdown defenseman. Yeah. He has offensive ability. Let's draft him and let's hold on to him. Let, let him mature with the Canadians organization. I can't believe he got drafted. I, I'm shocked. If Neither I, can I. But like maybe the maybe the Canadians know something that we do not know. Like we said, we are the public, guys. Me, me and Tom are the public. You guys are the public. We are sitting on our couch just watching things go on. There are, there are people out there, general managers, presidents, stuff like that, that know stuff more than we know. And if they know something more about this kid, Logan, that we don't know, his, his hockey capabilities, take him. Why not? Maybe the Rangers should have taken him because Rangers need defensive help. I said it, you know, Gallant, you got to focus on the defenseman. And honestly, if I was the Montreal Canadiens, if I'm putting myself, you know, in the red, white, and blue shoes, great pick. I mean, yeah. Great pick. My opinion. Fantastic. Uh, my, my. He, he deserves to be higher than 31st. Great pick. I mean, and you guys took him at 31st. So deal with his bullshit on the side. Keep him in the organization. And when he's ready, he's ready. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not mad that he picked him. I, I'm just sh- more shocked, if anything. If a player comes out three days before the draft and says, do not draft me, I got, per- I mean, personal shit going on. Who, uh, the story is uh, he sent out a video, nudes of this girl, and the girl wanted an apology. And she got it. It just wasn't. It wasn't enough. It wasn't three really, sentences. Really wasn't, wasn't sincere, like what she wanted. And I mean, I, the, the team, the general manager, the whole organization wanted this player, so they they ignored the the bullshit and they picked the player. Simple as that. I mean, is he? He steps on the ice. He's probably gonna get shit, <laughs> you know, from everyone. A couple booze here and there. But hockey's like, oh, here. You live through it. Hockey's hockey. The team they want to build the best team possible. They feel this was the best pick at the time. That's who they selected. I'm not again, I'm not mad with the pick. I don't personally I don't care if he got picked or not. I'm just more shocked that he got picked, asking to not get drafted. What fucking young player their dream is to get drafted to the NHL and he says, Don't draft me, like that's crazy. And then he still gets drafted. So He's also seventeen years old, guys. That that that's like he can't even. He's buy, immature. Like, he was. He made an immature mistake. He can't mistake. even buy a pack of cigarettes in New York. Like he's still very, very young. I mean, I don't know how he is, but like me personally, I hear the boost from the crowd. There is nothing better. I wanted to prove the entire world wrong. Say, listen, guys. 
I know I stepped out of the draft. I know I did. I know I fucked up. But listen, I'm going to prove all you motherfuckers wrong out there. I am going to be the best defenseman you have ever seen in the NHL. I'm going to show every single one of you that picks 1 through 30 were wrong. They should have took me first. Even though I withdrew from the draft, I'm going to be the best defenseman possible. That is my I mean, mission. He, he that is my goal. He wasn't a top. Like, he wasn't supposed to go top 10 like he wasn't I understand that but like he he's a I, I, from what I hear he's an amazing player yeah alright so at 17 years old drama like, yeah so drama around his let name let him hear the booze it's just also a, a organization like Montreal it makes it a little more you know shocking just cause it's Montreal you know that's like the most famous franchise in the NHL and they t- and they yes, it is. taken a player with yes, it is. a lot of uh, heat around his name so you know, keep an eye out on him. Again, I don't think he'll be playing on the team next year, uh, especially after all the moves they made. We're you gonna know get what? Into I'm gonna that, be honest but... with you. I, I don't know because I think Shea Weber is going to take. He's done. A, he's he's, he's done, done. So why why not why not use this guy? Because who? They, why not put him as like a uh, a five and six defenseman? He's with seventeen Rom- years old. What are you but, gonna put a seventeen year old defenseman? Yeah, Connor McDavid's the, coming at you hundred miles per hour. But what they're playing. No, they're not because it's the new divisions. Well, they're gonna play him still. I'm just, uh, he's just he's gonna be in like uh, Boston, Florida, Toronto division. Like he, I have no problem if if Romanov is playing. Mm-hmm. Which Romanov, if you guys know, he scored you know his first playoff goal and it was in the Stanley Cup. Um, why not give this kid a shot? Because we don't know. We'll see. Training camp has to Again, happen and everything. We don't know. The most important thing is it's an 82-game season. So you, we have trial and error here, guys. We, we have. We could, put, we could put players in for 10 games, and if we don't like what we're seeing, we could take them out. It's not like we have a, we have a tight schedule, 56-game schedule, and we say, ah, oh, boy, we left them in for 10 games. We're shit. No, we got 82 games to do, you know, figure out, you know, fill in the pieces of the puzzle here. So I, I don't see what's wrong with this guy. All right. I really don't. So we'll wrap up the NHL draft. Not much to it. Simple. Congrats, Owen Powers. Yes. Number one overall pick. Hoping the best in Buffalo. Obviously, got ways to go. But uh, we'll move right on into the second part of this episode, which is going to be the expansion draft, the Seattle Kraken. Um, I watched it on ESPN. Um, the only thing that sucked is because we knew the whole entire fucking team before the ESPN special, which was supposed to... I was very excited. It was the first ESPN NHL event, because since they signed with the NHL, it had, like, the third most viewing uh, that the ESPN had, like, that month, which is pretty good, since hockey is uh, not the biggest... um, doesn't have the most gross out of, you know, all the the sports in in the United States. Um, And, yeah. Uh... Kind of shocked at the way that Seattle went with everything. Um, they definitely didn't take a route that Vegas took, I'd say. Or Vegas, I feel like, took more... They, they filled their cap, is what I'll say. Like, Seattle still has $31 million in cap, which is crazy. After an expansion draft, do you think they'd fill it up a little more? They passed on players like Carey Price. They passed on players like Vladimir Tarasenko. They passed on players like Matt Duchesne. Um... Yeah, so we're going to go over, not pick by pick, but I guess the we'll go over like some something like their their top 10 players um, that they selected in the draft. Um, so I guess we'll start right into it. Um, their first pick, I, uh, well, no, their first few picks, they were picking. They weren't in alphabetical order, yeah? What? Right, they started with the Ducks, right? They just went in alphabetical yeah. order, right? but 
Um, what I'm saying is just not not an exciting um, special on ESPN. It really wasn't. We knew the whole team. They're like, oh, the New York Islanders select. Like we know it's Jordan Eberle. Rangers select. Like we know we knew every player that was going to be drafted, which ruined it. But I mean, I guess it was kind of cool. We saw Kevin Weeks go to every fucking little town in Seattle. I guess they made a kind of had Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch doing picks. You had who's that fucking uh, Sue Bird, the NBA player for the Seattle whoever. I don't watch WNBA. Um, ended up picking the Eberly pick, but it was cool. We'll, we'll hop into what I think were their biggest pickups. Um, they picked obviously Chris Dreger, um, the goalie for Florida, who legitimately put up sick numbers last year for Florida. In 23 games, he had a 2.07 goals against, 9.27 save percentage. I think he solidified himself as a number one goaltender in this league. Um, So they picked him. uh, Where am I going with this? Uh, I'm blanking right here. They, 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 um, sure. (laughs) They, um, before the draft, they were coming to terms with uh, Drieger. Uh, before the draft even happened, they were going to give him like $10 million for three years, which comes about, you know, obviously like $3.3 million a year, which is, listen, I, I, I think is okay. I mean, we talked about it in previous episodes that uh, Florida needs to find out an answer to their goaltending. I mean, um, they still have Brabovsky. They still have Spencer Knight, which I, I believe. Yeah, Bobrovsky, you know, No, they. I'm pretty sure they bought out Bobrovsky. I don't even know. No, no, they didn't buy it. But Bobrovsky is the worst contract in the NHL. Could be ever. Like it's like reminding me of a fucking DPHR contract. Bobrovsky has just shit the bed. Uh, he's just not the goalie that he was. Absolutely, absolutely not. He's not the goaltender he was on the Columbus Blue Jackets. But um, I believe the Chris uh, Drieger or Dreiger, however you want to pronounce it, I, I think it was a good pick. I think it was good to talk to him early before the draft figure out the type of money he's going to want to expect in Seattle. And I think that it was a good negotiation between Seattle and Florida because Florida has three goaltenders in contention. They're obviously not going to suit all three every single game. So why not grab one of those three? And they did. I know we're going to dive into more of the teams, but they also did the same thing with Washington because Washington is in the same boat because now they have Henrik Lundqvist back and he's expected to play this season. So, yeah, attack the teams that have three goaltenders that are ready to play in the NHL. And I think that Seattle did a fantastic job in doing so. so. I, yeah, I, uh, also, do you think that Florida, not Florida, Seattle made this pick from Florida? Obviously, this is, there will be another episode tonight. Um, and we're going to be getting into the signings and the trades. But today, Seattle also signed Phil Grubauer, who... Like, well, like, did they, do you think they picked Chris Dreger, knowing that they were, they were going to go after Grubauer? Like, are they going to run, like, a one-two there? Let me ask you a question. How good is Philip? Grubauer? I think he's insane. I think he's very... Now, do you see Vesna that? Vesna finalist. He's do a Vesna you, finalist. Do you see that because of the team that's in front of him? Obviously, guys, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that Colorado Avalanche are the best team in the NHL at the moment. You know that they were the best team in the NHL last season. How good is the goaltender behind them? Yes, there are better goaltenders out there. No doubt in my mind. Yes, Fleury is a better goaltender. Carey Price is a better goaltender. Um... I would even say Verlamov is a better goaltender. But how good is Grubauer? 
because of the team in front of them. You have to know a goaltender's capability on a different team when they don't have a powerhouse. We know that Vasilevsky is the best goaltender on the planet. We know that, guys, because we see the, we see the type of saves he's making, even with the Stanley Cup champions in front of him. But do we know the capability of each and every goaltender if we take the team in front of them away? So I have a question to ask you, and that is how good is Phillip? I think he's good enough that I mean you're a Vesna finalist I mean I don't really care like, but are you Vesna finalist because like Flurry yes. Flurry won, Flurry won the Vesna last year but Vegas obviously is the second best team in the NHL I, I guys I say this and I'm gonna say that Colorado is number one Vegas is number two Tampa is number three Flurry was number two but is he the second best goaltender in the NHL that is the question is he if he was I know we're gonna talk about signings but no, if he was the second best no, goaltender in the NHL, why did he get traded to the Blackhawks today? He's not. We're gonna get into all the trades and stuff next episode. But right. No. So um, my question is, why? Look, I think Grubauer is a top a top six goalie in the league. I I do think he's that good. I disagree. Okay. Well, I they, disagree. They paid him I, six I, mil. They, Look, we got is six mil. Okay. I think six him? mil. I think it's good. I think six mil is a. He's one of the top five, top six paid goalies in the league now, just like that. But. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get into the signings next episode, but I'm saying they signed Chris Dreger. People thought, wow, he's going to be their number one. Obviously, Grubauer comes in, so it's all different now. Um, they selected, like we said, if he was going to be available, they were going to select him, Yanni Gord, which, holy shit, what a pickup. This is huge for them. Absolutely. Like, well, I mean, I think once they found out that Yanni Gord was left unprotected, I think everyone knew it was a lock they were going to pick him. We said that in the last episode. Two episodes ago. Um, he's legitimate. He might be their number one center, number two center. He's he just he's the hardest worker on the ice every time every single time he's on the ice. So Seattle got a good one in him. Um weird the Maple Leafs make a trade for Jared McCann and I was like reading stuff that oh how Jared McCann fits into the Toronto lineup, all this, all that, and then next thing you know, Toronto leaves him unprotected, and he gets selected by Seattle. So Jared McCann was a Maple Leaf for uh, a few hours. Um, I like that pickup. So two centers right there, Yanni Gordon and Jared McCann. So, th- I mean, they're filling up the middle pretty strong there. You, an opinion on Gord or Jared McCann? Um, I want to talk about the Gord thing real quick. Um, if you guys listened to our uh, previous episodes, we both um, went through Tampa Bay's lineup, and we both said that they were going to protect seven skaters, three defensemen, one goaltender. And it was kind of funny because after I recorded that episode and I was listening to it over and over again, I'm like, you know what, Rob? There's actually a chance that Tampa Bay is going to want Chernak. They're going to want all four. They're going to want McDonough. They're going to want... Hedman, they're going to want Sergachev, and they're going to want Chernak. And the only way that's possible is that they give up two extra forwards for that. That they are able to say they're able to save eight skaters and one goalie, opposed to seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie. And I'm like, you know what? It would make really, really good sense because you know if they're going to protect seven, three, and one, and it helps the cap too. They're going to obviously, obviously, Tampa Bay or Seattle is going to is indeed going to take Chernak, but. Tampa Bay was actually kind of smart. I think that's taking eight skaters and one goaltender was a great, great decision. Yes, they left Gord unprotected. Yes, they left Killorn unprotected. But they saved four solid defensemen. Four defensemen that could pro- possibly be one and two defensemen on any other team in the NHL. 
So, I think that was a great move. But you have to understand, yes, it was basically a let's save Chernak for Gord. And is that basically that good of a get up, give up? How, how, how electric will Gord be on a brand new team? Will he be as electric? Will he be as hard, you know, hard worker? Listen, I, I don't know. I know Ron Francis is, you know. Give him an A. Give, give Gordon an A. Yeah, I know Francis is the GM. I know, you know, the guy from Notre Dame. Uh, not Notre Dame. North Dakota is the coach of the Kraken. But how good is Gord going to perform? If Gord's going to pre- perform fantastic, then Tampa Bay made the wrong decision. They should have gave up Chernak. You can't. Bro, too much cap. There's no chance they had to get rid of him. Yeah, but they left I, Alex Kalorn fucking unprotected too. I understand it's too much too. cap, but if you if you had the overflow of cap, you'd be able to trade for even better value. That's what I'm trying to get out of this. It's all about the value. I, I, they obviously wouldn't be able to hold on to everybody, but is giving players up in the draft better than the trade value of each individual player? That is the question that we face. So, it was basically up to. Would you rather have Chernak? Would you rather have Gord? And I say that, not would you rather have on your team. Would you rather have the value of each individual player to possibly trade to another team in the National Hockey League? That is the question I ask. But I personally believe with the selections that the Kraken made, Gord is going to light it up. I think Gord is fantastic. Yeah, he's going to be probably their number one guy. Not much to it. You can see him lining up next to the next guy we're going to get into, which this was, uh, we'll get into the Islanders pick, well, Seattle's pick for the Islanders, Jordan Eberle. It was between, obviously, Jordan Eberle and Josh Bailey for uh, Seattle. And this hurt. This hurt as an Islander fan. Uh, personally, as I, when the Islanders left, I wasn't surprised they left Eberle unprotected, but when they left Josh Bailey unprotected, I was uh, a little in shock. I'm like... Like Josh Bailey is a New York Islander. He's proven year in, year out that he is a playoff performer. He shows up when we need him most. He scored so many clutch overtime goals for us. And when they left him unprotected, I was mind-boggled. I really didn't know. I was fine leaving Everly unprotecting and letting him go, which is which ended up happening, which is, again, it still hurt, but I knew it had to happen. Um, what hurt the most was that during the live special on ESPN, they're like, oh, we select Jordan Eberle, and he's here to greet the fans. That hurt. Watching Jordan Eberle, you know, they were just in the Eastern Conference Final like a month ago, and he's walking out wearing a different jersey and talks to the fans. You know, it just hurt. Like, like I look at Jordan Eberle, I'm like, that's Matt Barzell's buddy. Like, you know, it, it definitely hurt a little bit, but I guess it had to be done. We had to lose someone. I was hoping they were going to take fucking Doc Hall or something, but again, that's, that's like, you know, unrealistic. Uh... So, you know what? It was a $5 million cap hit to them. It was one of their actually more expensive players, but it helped us to where we are now. So, Jordan Eberle, I wish you nothing but the best on the Seattle Kraken. You were a great Islander for the four years. You scored some huge goals for us in the postseason. So, I thank you, um, and good luck. And you, you could hop into the who the uh, Rangers got. Uh, I just want to say something as a Ranger fan. Uh, I hate all Islanders. I really do. I think my last favorite Islander was probably Robbie Shrimp with the white skates, the white Reeboks, if anybody remembers Shrimp. Oh, best number hands. Th- the number best 13. Hands. I was a big Shrimp fan, but I was, uh, guys, I, I, have to get, I have to tip my hat to Eberle. I think he was a great player. 
I think coming from Edmonton and really uh, adopting himself in Long Island was a really good move for him. He, I know he underperformed in in Long Island. I, I don't know. I mean, he's inconsistent. Sort of, yeah, inconsistent. He's, he was very inconsistent. He was like a Chris Kreider for the Rangers, I believe. But um, I really like Jordan Everly. He was probably one of my my favorite Islanders from from this team. Probably my favorite Islander since Shrimp. But um, yeah, it's it, it's sad to see him go. Um, I you know I, I also do wish him the best at thirty one years old. Um, he signed. He signed four years, I believe, with Seattle. So good for him. You know, he's probably guys. He's probably going to get the A because he does. And this is a fact. He does have the most points on that team now. Most career points. So, yes, he does have the most NHL experience. And the last couple of years, yeah, he's been to the conference finals. He's been to the playoffs a few times. So, yeah, expect him to be one of those veteran leaders that I spoke about um, on that team. You know, picture him next to Yanni Gord in that first line. That's, you know, it's, it's not bad. bad. It's not bad. It's, it's not bad. But I also do want to talk about one other thing because I was looking on, you know, some Instagram posts and – this should have been Seattle's top line. These were the three best players open on the market, and they didn't take one of the three. It was Matt Duchesne, centered by Tarasenko and James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. So I'm kind of confused if those were the best three players available that you could have taken. Why not? Because I, what I'm saying is that is, a, I think that's a very, very good line in the NHL, but it's also a very expensive line. And Seattle, like they said, I, I they have plenty of cap space. Though. Thirty-one they're, million. They're well, by, now, now a little less. Now no, they're, they're on like they're, twenty-five they're by million. They're by the bottom limit of the NHL. Like they're not even close. Like if they want to trade for them, fine, trade for them. But you would have got better value if you just drafted them in the first place. No, I know. I mean, that's that's why again I was. That's like, what I'm interested. That's what I'm very very confused about. Those are your best three players in the draft. That was your first line. That's very expensive, like Tom said. But like, take one of them. Take you two of them. Fuck, if I was the GM, if I was Francis, I would have took three of them. Why not? You're, you're looking to win, right? I'm looking if, to win. If they're looking to win, they would have taken They would have took Carey Price, if too. Vegas was looking to win, obviously, and look how successful they are mm. five years later. Why would I, I you know, I'm, I'm confused with that first line. But, you know, regardless, obviously, we're going to have Gord. We're going to have Jordan Eberle on the first line. And, you know. Rangers get I'm happy with Colin it. Blackwell. Blackwell. Yeah. Had a good year. Very good year, guys. Um, if you're a Rangers fan, uh, sad to see him go. Honestly, you know you know me, guys. I'm not about the points. I'm not about the star. not about scoring pretty goals. I'm going to say this, and I say this, and I'm going to defend this. Colin Blackwell was the hardest worker on the Rangers. He was the most determined. He always was moving his feet full speed. He was always flocking the puck, as I would say, would be all over the place. I really am going to miss him. He really, guys, I, it's hard to see him go. I knew they were going to take him. Why wouldn't they take him? If they were taking players like Yanni Gord, like I always said, flocking the puck, why not take Colin Blackwell? He's, guys, he, he's just, just a hard worker, and that's somebody the Rangers really, really needed. I'm so happy we, t- you know, we took a chance on him early in the season. He had his appearance versus the Buffalo Sabers. He did a great job. I, I think it was back-to-back games versus the Buffalo Sabers, and he wound up putting up like a goal and an assist. So fantastic for him. And you know what? A fantastic, you know, quote by him. I saw it on Instagram. He said, you know, if I didn't believe in myself 
I would have gave up a long time ago or, you know, paraphrased obviously guys, but like what, what an amazing, what an amazing quote, what an amazing player. And he had a great story. Honestly, like I wish Everly the best, but I really guys with a deep heart. I really wish Colin Blackwell the best because he deserves nothing but the best. Absolutely the hardest worker on the New York Rangers. And for that, I say Saranara, brother, best of luck. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Colin Blackwell, he was recently on Spit and Chicklets. He went through a lot, multiple concussions. Then he had a knee injury. And again... And he believed he, in himself. Yeah, he's, he almost he almost gave up on hockey because he, he was thinking, wow, I I'm, I'm, might have no career at 26 years old. And now I should, I... should I start, you know... He might be working a nine-to-five job. And you know what? He worked hard enough and he got a shot. And this year he proved himself. I mean, 12 goals for a player that got pulled up from, you know... The AHL, that's that's something else. So good for him. Proved himself this year. He ended up getting some power play time. He played with Panarin a little bit. Like absolutely, it was it was him. him, Panarin, and Strom for a, for a little bit. And I real I really enjoyed that chemistry with that line. And you really you did. could tell he he definitely liked playing for New York. But you know what? Another new beginning for him, and maybe he solidifies himself as a legitimate. Um, Maybe even I, I think mean, a, I think a second line winger for that team. That's what I'm saying. It's, it, you know, especially if. Uh, I forget the I forget the coach's name, but the the guy I'm just gonna call him the North Dakota guy. I really <laughs> think that if he puts his if he puts his faith in Blackwell and he and he sees the production in which he did in New York, and I'm I'm not talking about the production just as points, guys. I'm talking about the production as an overall player, just how hard he skated. I think he's, there's no doubt in my mind that he's a he could be a second line center, and I think he's I, I think he's malleable. I think you could put him at wing as well. I really do. All right, so c- good luck, Colin Blackwell. Um, we'll move on out of the Metro. Um, nothing really to say from the Flyers. Nothing really from the Capitals. No, no, no. I know Capitals, what? bro. This is the fucking... He got traded back race. today. Oh, he got know. traded back to fucking... That's why I'm saying we're not getting into it, because... That, He's that awesome, is, though. Yeah, he got traded right back to Washington today, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Brandon Tanev, taken from Pittsburgh. Again, uh, I think he's a... I think he's a third-line player in this league. I think he would be... A great third line player in this league. That's where I'd keep him. I mean, he only he had seven goals this season in thirty two games. So, average day, it's almost it's almost twenty goals in eighty in eighty two games. So, decent player. Throw him on the wing uh, again. B- beyond the points, guys, he was another fast, aggressive, player aggressive player. Penguins, you bro. saw him that's in that. Awesome. That's an awesome pick. That like the rain, like someone like the Rangers really need. Just somebody that's flocking the puck all the time. I really, really he like. Was, like he was definitely noticeable in that uh, first round matchup against the Islanders. He definitely he scored a clutch goal. He was definitely noticeable all over everyone, all over the puck. So yes, I think they got a good player in him. Um, Jonas Donskoy from Colorado Avalanche. He's a very good. He was one of their one of Colorado's depth guys. I think that's a good selection there. He had 17 goals this year in 51 games. That averages out to almost 25, 26 goals in 82 games. Again, that's playing with Colorado, how depth they are, how deep they are. But still, I think a solid pickup on right wing. 29 years old. Um, yeah. So again, like they they didn't pick the stars, but I think they're, they're they didn't pick the win. They picked to build the team. Yeah, they're that's gonna exactly be deep. They they're gonna have. Um, yeah, they like, on the, uh, from St. Louis. They picked yep. up Vince Dunn, a young defenseman. That's a very good pickup. They went with uh, yeah some some of these like they went with young. A lot of these players, 24, 23, 22, 25. Like a lot of these guys are young that have you know really started to prove themselves, but got I guess a lot of a lot of these teams left them unprotected, knowing that they're gonna get a big contract soon. So 
Vince Dunn, I think, is a good selection from St. Louis. Yeah, if you weren't taking Tarasenko, this was your next best yeah, man. Yeah, 100%. People are just, you know, Tarasenko, it's like, I think, obviously, I want him, but I'm saying he's still got that tiny bit of a red flag on him with his injuries and, you know, wh- why he wants to leave. There's a little bit of a red flag behind him. Yeah, so he wants to leave because he knows they ain't winning a cup. They ain't mm. making the playoffs this year. Even with him on the team, they're not making the playoffs. So Vince Dunn selected. Um... Move to the Pacific. This is uh, who I think their captain is going to be. Mark right. Giordano, yep. right? Uh-huh. 37 years old. Um, uh, he's definitely as quieted down as, you know, you know five five years ago he was a elite defenseman in this league, I'd say. Maybe top 10 defenseman in this league, top 7. Now, not as elite, but definitely still a known solid defenseman in this league, Mark Giordano. Um, he actually was there in Seattle. He was there at the, um, the draft party, so... I think a solid, def- uh, solid defenseman, and right after them, they picked Adam Larson, who I think is another solid defenseman. So, you know, Vince Dunn, Giordano, Adam Larson, like, that's that's three solid defensemen there. Absolutely. Again, I don't think they're, st- and, and, you know, you don't have a star defenseman, but I think those are three so- solid defensemen right there. Um, yeah, so I feel like we, we really highlighted their their top picks. Core 10. Yeah, I, I guess they're core 10 players. Um Obviously, they added some players like Jaden Schwartz and um, great pick, great, great and uh, obviously Grubauer. But do do I believe they're going to be as successful as Vegas was? No, I obviously I don't think they're making the Stanley Cup. No chance. But not bad. I do think they could have used more of their cap and done better. Like there's Johansson, Duchesne. I don't think they should have selected Carey Price, which they didn't. Tarasenko, I think you draft Tarasenko. It's like wow, you have a legitimate goal scorer like in the league on your team. But they, I'd say their best, their best goal scorer is probably Jordan Eberle as a legitimate goal scorer on their team. I'd say Jordan Eberle is their best. Disagree. I say Yanni Gord as a goal scorer. Yes, uh, I don't know. I say Eberle is like a like he's known for sniping. Like that, he's a sniper. Uh, Yanni Gord's gonna work harder than you to score his goals. Eberle's probably their best goal scorer. You, you could think otherwise. Um, yeah, Jeremy Lazan from Boston, another D-man. So that's their top four D-men right there. That's actually pretty good. Jeremy Lazan, Mark Giordano, um, Adam Larson, and Vince Dunn is your top four. That's definitely not too bad. So we'll see. Um, expectations are definitely way lower. I mean, honestly, I can't say way lower than Vegas is because Vegas had like the worst worst odds to get to the cup, and they got there. So again, they're in the easy division, guys. Yeah. They're they're like they could win some games. They could make a wild card. Bubble. They could be a bubble team. Is what I'm saying. Absolutely. They're probably yeah. They're gonna be fighting with like teams like the you know the Blackhawks and the Canucks. I think uh, I think they're gonna be a good team. It's just tough because they've yet to play together. So it's like yes. Like people, people saw Vegas's roster and they're like, "Oh, you know, decent roster." Just they've never a lot of these guys have never played hockey together. So how do you expect them to compete? And the next thing you know, they're they're just destroying teams in the playoffs. So, Grubauer is the starting goaltender, you believe, and Dragic is backup. I, I, I yes, I, you're not paying the guy six million to sit sit on the bench. Is what I'm saying. Uh, you get you you got. We're we're gonna wrap up this episode very soon, but you're paying Philip Grubauer six million dollars for how many years did he get? He got um six years. Yeah, six years, six mil. You're paying the guy point four million. You're not signing him to be a backup for six for six years. That's just that's just not what it's gonna be. So 
I mean, I, out of 10, I'd give Seattle a 7. 7 out of 10 on their draft. I, I, I truly think they could have selected better players. Like, honestly, if I was Seattle, I would have taken Bailey over Everly. I think Bailey's like a sick playmaker and a veteran on a team. Like, I think he's more of a veteran than Everly, even though they've, they're have they about the same age. I think Bailey has more, um, what I like to say, hockey mileage. Like, just has played in bigger bigger moments, has played better in bigger moments. So, but again, I, if you if you're going for the uh, draft young approach, then they did the right thing. Yeah, they're yeah. not they're obviously not doing the win now, which would have been a Josh Bailey pick. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> so, yeah, you give Seattle a, a out of ten. Five point eight. <laughs> <laughs> Little over half. Like I said before, their first line should have been Duchesne, uh, Duchesne centered by Tarasenko and James Van Riemsdyk. You didn't take one of the best three players you could have taken. There's, there's three of them. Any one of those players, you know, Duchesne and Gord probably up in the air. Like, it's probably a tie between them. But you didn't take any one of those three. And I just find it hard to believe. Like, I, I have that win now mentality. Um... And if you had that win now mentality, then you didn't do a good job. If you have the let's build a team in the long run, then you guys, you know, you guys probably right around Tom's pick, right around seven. But like those three players, man, you should have landed at least at least one of them. You didn't like I, I personally would have took two of them. I probably would have took JVR and Tarasenko, but I, I can't I can't give them above a six because they just they duff the first line, but. Yeah. That's that. I think, like, they're going to have a deep team, but I think their top six isn't going to match up too well against some of the top, I'd say, top 16 teams in the league's top six. I Correct, think. but again, you know, they're they're playing in the easiest division in the NHL, so yeah, they, I, it, I, might I, be, it might be interesting. And they, they got a solid goaltender now. I mean, they definitely could win some games, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. So we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, Absolutely. Season two, episode two of What the Puck. Um, anything again? Like we're gonna say over and over again. If you guys have any ideas, any debates, any questions, like just DM us on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Just we we love putting out content, and we would love to put out content content that you guys want to hear. Absolutely. Yep. Make this a little bit more personal, guys. Well, that's what we like to hear. We like to interact with our audience. Yeah, we'll call we, you out. We'll literally yeah. call you out on the podcast. We'll call you out. We love to hear from you guys because I hear from you guys in person, but that's not good enough. But, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing from you guys. So stay tuned. Uh, season 2, Episode 3 coming out shortly. All right, be good, guys. All right, peace.